Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. simple topic. Up. If your goal, your desire, and I hope your goal and desire is to to follow Christ well, to be a, not just a Christian, but to be a, a great Christian, an effective Christian. If you want to be an exceptional disciple of Christ. Up really matters. Up really matters. As a matter of fact, there are probably four things that matter in that process. Down, up, in, out. Down, up, in, out. Can you follow me on that? Say it out loud. Down, up, in, out. One more time. Down, up, in, out. Well, most of you are getting it now, so we'll do it one more time. Down, up, in, out. We need to go on a journey of, of down. That's where it all starts. Uh, the book of James, talk, James talks about that a little bit, James chapter 4 and verse 10. Humble yourselves in the presence of God. The whole Christian journey starts with down. We humble ourselves in the sight of God. We, We position ourselves in a low place before him. We stop thinking highly of ourselves and we finally get honest and say, I'm messed up, I'm a sinner, I need you, Lord. It starts with with down, James chapter 4 and and verse number 6, but he gives a greater grace, therefore it says God is opposed to the proud and gives grace to the humble. This Christian journey starts with, with down. It starts with the journey down. You can't start any other place. You go down. James 4, or verse 7, first half of the verse, submit yourselves to God. It's this, it's this surrendering of ourselves, not being big anymore, being small, being humble, going down. And then after you go down, if your desire is to be a well-rounded, effective Christian, you you need to learn to go up. You need to learn the importance of your relationship with, with Father and pursuing that with a passion, with a desire, with a craving, with a longing, with a hunger. You're not just a person who's admitted he's a sinner. You're you're a person who wants this 
intimate relationship with him. You crave up. And then we have to learn in this journey of discipleship to go in. Family language is very common in Scripture. And we need to get into the family. We need to get involved in each other's lives. We need to care for one another. We need to love one another. We need to bear one another's burdens. We need to teach one. We get in. We get involved in Christian community. We don't live off of the side. We don't even spend all of our time up. Down, up, in, and then the church, if God has asked us to do anything, goes out. We go out, and we make a difference in our friends' lives, in our neighborhoods, in the government of our country, the government of our province, the government of our... We're out people. So, down, say it with me, down, up, in, out. But all of that is context because I just this morning want to talk about up. We gathered for prayer yesterday morning and we began our prayer time, those who were able to be there, with just kind of 20 minutes of some passionate personal praying. And I took advantage of that 20 minutes to grumble to Jesus a bit. Now it's 10 o'clock Saturday morning and I am really uncomfortable with where my message is at for this morning. And I say, God, and the rest of the day doesn't look too good but I'm having so much trouble. And he said this back to me. John, I told you what to preach on three days ago and you weren't listening. And that's why I was having the trouble. I had a whole bunch of material, but it wasn't resonating in my soul. It was from Romans, I liked it. But God had told me on Wednesday to talk about up. But that was too simple. And I ignored him. And I said, okay, Lord. And as soon as I said, okay, my thoughts fell together for today. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but at least I know I'm obeying the Lord. So up, up. We learn how to be Christian by studying Jesus. We learn how to be Christian by studying Jesus. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. After he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself, and it was evening, He was there alone. He went up. 
He had just fed 5,000 people. Now, if I'd fed 5,000 people, I'd want to be alone too. He'd fed 5,000 people. And even the interesting part here, after he feeds the 5,000 people, he says to his disciples, you guys get lost. Sometimes you even need to get away from the people who mean the most to you. He said to his, they worked hard together, fed 5,000 people, pulled the job off, and then he says to his disciples, get lost. Not quite the word scripture says, but that's what he said to them. And he goes up to the mountain to pray. And he was alone. Jesus went up. Mark chapter 9 and verse 2. Six days later. Now, this isn't six days later than uh, the Matthew portion. But Jesus goes up to a high mountain, but this time he takes Peter, James, and John. And on the high mountain, what happens there? He is transfigured. He goes up, and there's this experience of real change in his life. He has a God, a deep, intimate God moment. If you want deep, intimate God moments, friends, you have to learn how to go up. Mark chapter 6 and uh, verse number 46. This is uh, the story again of feeding the 5,000. He bids them farewell and he goes up to the mountain to pray. Luke chapter 6 and uh, verse number 12 was at this time that he went up and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Now, why is he going up here? He was being attacked by the Pharisees who were really upset that he had the audacity to pray that somebody would be healed on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees considered that work, and you don't work on the Sabbath, so he was being ridiculed by them. But he prayed for the man with the withered hand anyhow, and the man was healed. And then he (laughs) said, I gotta get away from all of this and get my soul replenished, and he went up. He went up. John chapter 6 and verse 15. So before I read that, and you've already all read it, but I want you to point out that I've gone to what uh, uh, the theological people who like terms use call all four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I've looked at all four of them this morning. 
every one of them in describing the life and work and ministry of Jesus, point out regularly that Jesus went up. If Jesus had to go up, I suspect all of us really need to go up. And sometimes we need to go up to get away from people, not because they're being a pain in the neck, but because they're trying to make us too proud. And here Jesus gets away from them because they were trying to make him king, and he knew he wasn't supposed to be king, at least not yet. And sometimes people can be speaking a lot of stuff into us that makes us really feel big, really important. Man, I've go- got to hang up. And we need to get away from them because that's not good for us. And so Jesus went up. If you are going to live an effective life as a Christian, if you are going to be a a disciple who is making a difference in walking in intimacy with God, you have to learn to go up. Jesus did. So I'm going to talk, not for a long time, because we're going to share communion this morning. But I'm going to talk about what going up requires. If you're go- so it's not enough for me to say go up today. <laughs> I need to tell you what, it requ- what you require if you're going to go up. When I turned 50, my brother-in-laws took me for a walk on the West Coast Trail. Great experience, one of the highlights of my life. West Coast Trail runs on the west coast of Vancouver Island. Beautiful views. But the West Coast Trail has no plumbing, has no restaurants, has no hotels, there's no campgrounds. And if you're going to walk 70 miles through trails, you need to be ready for it. I'm going up the West Coast Trail. I had to have some hiking boots. I had a tent to sleep in. I had to have a really light sleeping bag because I had to carry the thing 12 hours a day, but it needed to be small and warm. I needed to bring nine days of food in my backpack. If I needed nine days of food in my backpack, I needed a backpack. You got to know what's required to to go up. And the first thing that's required is a destination. Anybody who regularly goes up knows where they go to go up. I'm talking to you right now, and and you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those personal moments that you set aside to spend time with him. If you don't know the place where you go to to do that, 
you're probably not going up very often. Going up requires a destination. And so when the disciples come to Jesus and they, they say to him, teach us how to pray, it's interesting how that starts. Matthew 6, verse 6. When you pray, go. <laughs> there has to be a destination. And it doesn't, friends. We're in trouble if it has to be a mountain on the prairies. It doesn't have to be a physical climb, but it has to be a place that is where you go to go up. And I know where my up places are. I have three of them. One of them is our family room. I go to the family room. Donna knows when I'm in the family room. I haven't gone down. I've gone up. Physically, I've gone down, but she knows I am up. I love the north end of Saskatoon. The rest of you who live in other places in Saskatoon, I feel sorry for you. Um, I love the north end, and I love the walking trails in the north end, and that's another place I go to go up. In the morning, I get up, and I get out to go up. And the church sanctuary is my third place for going up. You have to have a destination to go up. You need to know where this place is that you go to go up. You have to have a destination. Second thing uh, you have to have is, is worship. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, when you pray... Say, hallowed be your name. You need to be worshipful. You need to be focusing on him. And so when I am up, I have, uh, and I've done this here before, but I have my top 25. And I just, if I'm walking... The top 25 is in my back pocket. And it keeps me, they're all worship hymns. It keeps me focused on him because sometimes when I'm walking, it's really easy to think about other things. But this keeps me focused and worshipful. We go up, and such a big part of worship is this complete focus on him. I, uh, I don't even really know why I own a phone. Except when I was district superintendent, they thought I needed one. Because I've made a few decisions in my life. And one of them is when I'm up, I'm up. And I'm not going to answer your phone call. 
Why would I leave the presence of the King of Kings? Sorry, I like you all, but why would I leave the presence of the King of Kings to talk to you? I am up. We have to set aside times in our life where it's all him. He's the one we're focused on. He's the one we're adoring. We go up to be with be with him. Third uh, third thing, surrender. A big part of going up is this whole thing about saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. It's this going to God, going up and saying, okay, Lord, I got a whole day ahead of me here. And I've got an appointment at 10, and I'm meeting with so-and-so at 1, and i got this task I think I need to get done in the afternoon. But I surrender it all to you. This day does not belong to me. This day's yours, Lord. I give you my day. <laughs> Not my will be done, but thy will be done. It's surrender. So where do we start our Christian journey? Down, up. We start down and we've got to always go up every day to get back down. And remember how we're supposed to be living. Lord, I surrender this day to you. I surrender all. We like James chapter 4, verse 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And we really want the enemy to be gone from our lives in Jesus' name. But there's a context for that statement. Uh, next slide. The beginning of the verse says, submit therefore to God. <laughs> you can't live in spiritual victory before finding a place of surrender. Impossible. Impossible. So we go up to take ourselves to this place of surrender. Fourth thing going up. Uh, requires, and this is a bias of mine, the Lord has been talking to me about a lot lately, is praying the scriptures. I think praying the scriptures is one of the most healthy things you can discover in your spiritual life. Because it moves you from praying about uh, me and my four, or however big your group is. It moves you to praying big prayers. It moves you to deep worship. It moves you to the heart of the Father. So, 
quick example, and I won't go through all of it, but you open the scriptures and you go to Psalm 23 and, and you pray it. And you say, the Lord is my, Lord, you are my, you are my shepherd. I recognize you as the one who's going to lead me today. I'm not going to be led by our culture. I'm not going to be led by Google. I'm not going to figure out what to do today by Googling it. You are my shepherd. I honor you today. I worship you today, O oh Lord, as my shepherd. And I know when you let me be, when I let you be the shepherd of my life, I don't want for anything. I don't lack for anything when you are the shepherd. I get in trouble when I try to lead my life. But you are my shepherd, Lord. I adore you today. I exalt you today. You're my shepherd, and there's no better place for me to live today than with you being my shepherd. I rejoice in it today, Lord. Boy, I'm getting excited. Something happens when you pray the scriptures. I honor you, Lord, as my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, you're going to today make me to lie down in green pastures. You're going to lead me beside quiet waters. I'm not going to be the most miserable person on staff. I'm going to be the calmest, kindest pastor this church could possibly ever dream of having. And when I get home, I'm not going to be miserable with my, my, my wife. Oh, Lord, help me, please. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be peaceful because you lead me to quiet waters. You lead me to great places, green pastures. I thank you, Lord, that today my spirit, my soul is going to be quiet before you. Now, I wouldn't get to praying that kind of stuff if I wasn't praying the scriptures. We need to learn to pray, oh Lord, I'm feeling a little empty. I feel like I've been putting out so much lately. Mom passed away, and my father-in-law passed away. My uncle passed away, and there's father, you know, the other stuff that's going on. But Lord, I trust you. I trust you to restore my soul. I rest in that because that's who you are. You restore our soul. Are you with me? We pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures, my friends. If you don't know where to start, pick one of the Psalms. It'll almost always work. And Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 is good stuff to pray through, too. But pray the scriptures. Lastly, going up requires getting rid of our burdens. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Your life as a Christian is a lot simpler and a lot easier when you learn to go up and get rid of your problems. 
Dwight and Elaine King are here. Elaine is the district administrator for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. I had the privilege of working with her for eight years. About halfway through the journey as superintendent, I, I recognized my soul wasn't as healthy as it should be. And part of it was because, and this discipline has usually worked for me, but it wasn't working in the district office. The phone rings too easy or something. I've always been a be in the office by nine no matter what, and I think that's a good goal. But I said to Elaine, I'm just coming when I'm ready now. I'm not coming to the office until I've got rid of all the stuff my soul is at peace. And I can come in here and lead out of a gentleness and a settledness of spirit. We've got to, friends, realize Jesus doesn't want us carrying our burdens. He wants us to cast them upon him. He cares about us so deeply. He says, you don't have to carry a single thing the rest of your life. I'll carry it for you. Cast your cares upon him. He cares for you. So get rid of that stuff. Go up and get rid of it. Go up and get rid of it. So, down, up, in, out. Starts with down, but after down you have to learn to go up. And I don't think we ever really get effective and fruitful at the in and out stuff if we try to bypass the up. Down, up, in, out. Down, up, in, out. So how much time should you spend going up? Well, I want to throw this out at you. If you're not in the practice yet of going up, I'd like you right now in your soul, in your heart, to make a decision, enough of that. I'm going to go start going up. And I would suggest you set as a minimal goal to spend at least 20 minutes a day up. But I think all of us should be aiming for a lot more than 20 minutes. You have a body. All of you do. I see them. There's evidence. Some of us have more body than we wish, but we all have a body. But we also have a spirit. Your spirit is far more important than your body. And you think about 
how much time you spend every day making sure your body's full. Oh, I fed my body. feel better now. <laughs> Three times, four times a day. Figure out how much time is spent putting the stuff together, eating the stuff. And then I would make it your aim to make sure you're spending more time in making sure your spirit is healthy than your body. Because your spirit matters far, far, far more. And the place the spirit gets strengthened is when you go up. So let's be a people who go Let's be a people who go up, up. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.